and welcome to our new episode. Uh, this week we have some big tech stuff we want to talk about. We don't have a guest on today's episode, but we're joined back by Marco. Marco, first of all, congratulations on being a daddy. How's how's that first week Thank coming you. along? Ah, uh, well, I wish I was 20 years old so I could do nights without sleeping again. But yeah, waking up every two hours, it's a bit... Tricky. <laughs> I might be sleeping maybe four or five hours total a night if I'm lucky. Uh, so it's going. It's an interesting experiment. <laughs> <laughs> do you feel that uh, technology? Do you have something in technology that is helping you that could help you? Uh, unless technology can change diapers uh, and produce uh, milk. But no. <laughs> so the, the next startup we can expect from you is a robot that changes diapers and produces milk. That would be a good hope for me at the moment. <laughs> so first <laughs> and changing a lot of diapers. <laughs> so first topic I want to talk to you guys this week, and I think it's the big splash on the news. Um, Tesla, SpaceX sending a Tesla um, into space uh, in the big rocket. What is it called? Hi, uh, something Falcon? The uh, Falcon Heavy, Falcon or Heavy. Uh, yeah, the short name was BFR. No, it, no, that's the next one. That's the next one. Oh, the BFR is the next one. Okay, so this one was Falcon Heavy. All right. So, um, what did you guys think of it? Uh, I mean, I, I saw a couple of photos, and I also saw a couple of photos of the car, you know, with the hurt in background, all of that. Uh, so, what? What? Well, for starters, we'll we'll go with, you know. Why a Tesla? Why do you think they put a Tesla in there? Was it a marketing stunt? Was it just, you know, Elon Musk likes to do crazy things every now and then? <laughs> so to give some context on why this uh, launch happened yesterday. So this wasn't uh, a proper launch, like a production-ready rocket launch thing. This was a test launch. So it had a 50-50 chance of failing uh, because they were testing this new rocket. Uh, this new rocket has more capacity, so they can send more satellites and payloads in, uh, into orbit uh, cheaply. And usually, when uh, companies in this industry want to test rockets, they have to, when they want to set a payload, they usually put a big rock of concrete. Mm -hmm. Of course, Elon Musk decided, well, a big pile of concrete is a bit boring. Well, yeah, everyone does that, and who cares about that? And if he, if he would bend it with a concrete block, it would be just like another Tesla, another SpaceX launch. Everyone would look at it. It's quite, it's cool, it's impressive. Okay, it's three rockets instead of one, but it wouldn't be that wow, and everyone, no, no one would speak about it. It would be just an, another launch. So the Tesla car was a marketing stunt. Everyone is talking about the car in space. So everyone is talking about SpaceX. So everyone is talking about Tesla. So it is a, an amazing stunt. That's what it is. is. Yeah. Uh, but that's something like this was a test launch. Uh, could have been could have ended badly. Well, uh, the main the core rocket failed. They didn't land because it ran out of fuel, so it crashed in sea. Uh, but that was it. Yeah, and it was well. It is a pretty cool marketing stunt. I think any any company in the world would love to do something like this and send their product into space uh, with this kind of media attention that's going on. Absolutely. I mean, in terms of how much companies usually spend in marketing stunts, uh, you know, I wonder how much this is going to bring it back to Tesla. 
uh, and not a lot of companies get to actually pull this type of stunts. At the same time, um, I was reading uh, a piece of news uh, earlier today that apparently the Tesla uh, quarterly earnings came out today as well, and they don't look so good. So a lot of people were saying, is this maybe a marketing stunt to deviate from the news that Elon Musk must actually deliver this week? Um, so I don't know. What do you guys think? Have you had the chance to look at those stuff? I know Vitor, because he gave us a huge list of, of company quarterly reports <laughs> to look at, but this week was completely crazy and we haven't had the time. But I know Vitor follows that stuff. Vitor, what do you think? Uh, well, uh, when it comes to the... Uh, let me just remove this. This is getting really awkward. All right. Perfect. See, it worked. <laughs> Marco is, it had his microphone on, so it was really awkward to, to hear my voice. So, um, uh, regarding Tesla, um, well, it, for me, it was a marketing stunt, period, nothing else. Um, I'm still wondering what kind of problem are we trying to solve with this in the future? Uh, as in, yeah, we have a big rocket that, that we can launch into space. Yeah, it can probably go to Mars, but the whole thing is, why do we need that? What kind of advance in science would we, would we get uh, from having these kind of rockets? And I, I'm, I'm still struggling to find out what's going to be the practicality of, of having that um, in the future. The other, the other thing is that um, uh, it, it was good for the for the Tesla brand. Yeah, they put a car in, in Mars. I think that's going to set... Um, um, a, a record for other companies <laughs> that they want to do startup, right? Because usually we compare with, well, it's going to be Tesla for something, it's going to be Uber for something. Now they can't actually compete with with Tesla with the car in space, right? What are we, what are we going to launch? But Amazon will launch into space an Alexa uh, or just a huge truck of, of, of stuff of goods. So it's, it's going to be complicated for other companies to emulate and actually copy uh, that. Um, from the from the side of earnings, um, what we saw uh, yesterday was actually investors looking at Tesla and seeing, well, probably they're going to struggle to keep with their car production in the future, as yep. they did in the past. So it's going to be a problem for uh, consumers to have a new car. Um, the whole advance in SpaceX actually doesn't transform anything from Tesla. The only thing that puts in on top of Tesla is actually um, the brand recognition. Probably more consumers will get, will still want more cars, so they have a problem with demand and offer. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm I'm seeing a struggle of, um, from their side to to keep with that and and um, to actually deliver um, uh, the cars that they need to deliver. Um, and when we compare with the other, uh, earnings that companies announce for the past two weeks. We see a lot of growth in cloud computing. Well, pretty much every company um, are, are, had year-on-year -year growth um, when, when compared to the previous years and previous yeah. quarters. Um, I think that for me, the most interesting is obviously looking at Amazon, but also looking at Microsoft. So their cloud computing platform and, um, and, and uh, division grew even bigger than uh, Amazon. Yeah. And uh, and then Samsung, uh, it had a good earnings when it came to uh, tablets. So uh, it outpaced the, the iPads and stuff like that, the Samsung tablets. Mm -hmm. So it was really interesting. Oh, oh, yes, and Apple. So apparently the iPhones, aren't, they are selling quite good, but they're not selling as much as the 
as they wanted. Yeah, but Apple has two hundred and eighty-five billion dollars in cash. So which other company can say the same? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, Twitter also announced their earning to today. So I think it's the first quarter they have a profit of ninety million dollars, something like that. So yeah, in the history of Twitter, first time profits so are actually quite good. And Facebook, Facebook is was quite good. Uh, the whole platform, the, it was quite good just by having a social media platform. Yeah. When you say all that platform, it counts uh, all the other acquisitions they had, the Instagrams and whatnot that they acquired? Or where was it? Uh, um, it but, well, when you present your... Um, well, to be honest with you, I'm not sure if Instagram was bought by Facebook last year. Was it? I thought, I thought it was two years ago. More than that. Yes. Uh, but I'm, I, might, I might be wrong. Um, if it was last year, it, it is on their on their books, so it, they, they they need to show that. And I'm not sure. The, the, the only thing that I remember from Facebook is actually they are um, growing a lot with uh, with the ads that they have on their platform. Mm-hmm. And um, when we compare with that with the fake news, we get a huge problem in the future. But going back to probably Tesla and uh, Elon Musk, I, that was a good marketing marketing stunt. Um, I'm still waiting for my car. So, yeah. and Peter, uh, you, you just said something volume. that I actually wanted to question you on. You said that you you don't quite understand um, the technological, scientific benefits from doing that. So, uh, are you saying there is no benefit be- before you know for us as humans to find a way to get to Mars so we can terraform, or you don't see that being a need that will come soon? Like actually, the need for us to take humans and send them to live on another planet because this one's being destroyed and whatnot, climate change, all that. You don't think that's a need? Um, that's that's two different things, Tiago. Um, we always need to advance in science. Yes, uh, that's a given. But the thing is, we need to be also practical, right? So, um, as a geek looking at the space launch. That's quite interesting, right? To see the whole thing mm-hmm. going up, then return the two rockets down, and the other one just got lost and stuff like that. And there's a car in space, and there's a Starman, and it's playing David Bowie. It's really good. And it's, from a geek point of uh, point of view, you can't get anything better than that, right? But yeah. From the point of view of science, and when we compare, let's say, with uh, Bill Gates and the advance that he's doing on polio and and uh, other diseases, mm-hmm. what can we get from putting a car in space, right? What's the practical use of ah, the whole thing? Okay, okay, hold on. So you're saying you don't see the benefit of the car, but you do see the benefit of building the bigger rocket and trying, you know, to really reach Mars. That there's, You see the benefit there, right? You just don't see the benefit of putting uh, reaching, a car in there. Reaching Mars? Probably, yeah. probably it's not going to be in my lifetime or yours, <laughs> as you, you don't think you're so? younger than me. I don't think so, but... Um, if we take the other Elon Musk idea of um, doing transportation for humans here on Earth mm-hmm. using those rockets, yeah, that could be an interesting idea. Mm-hmm. Now having a rocket that can take you to Mars or other planet, right? Uh, it's not going to be on our on our time. Um, it's going to take a lot of time just to get uh, to Mars. First of all, secondly, to have a station there that's really useful. Uh, because look at it, we just have a space station, right? Um, uh, 24/7 for the past I don't know decade or probably more than that, um, and it's still and it's still not uh, for us as humans, right? It's for um, uh, for astronauts, for people actually doing real science there. 
So I think it's going to take a while for us to explore other planets. Uh, but if Elon Musk can take from this whole experiment um, and experience a, a good thing for uh, for flights here in, in, in on Earth, that could be a good advance. Otherwise, I just compare with the other uh, rich people that actually are investing money in solving real people's problems. Mm-hmm. But that's me. All right. Um, <laughs> one one of the things we've discussed before on this podcast, me and Mark are involved a lot on it. We've actually talked about this when you guys invited me over to Tech Talk London. Uh, is cyber insurance um, and cyber insurance is now taking a bigger stride. Uh, lots of things are coming out, but a big one, in my opinion, came out this week, which is Apple, Aon, Allianz, and. Uh, Cisco got together to make some type of coalition that will make a cyber insurance offering. Um, Vitor, I'd, I'd love to hear your opinion on this because I know you have a fundamental opinion about this stuff. You commented on it on LinkedIn. Uh, and then I guess I'll pass over to Marco. But first, I'll, I'll start with you. Um, well, uh, cyber insurance, interesting. So, uh, for me, it's a it's a way of managing uh, risk, as I as I wrote on your LinkedIn post. So, it's it's um, you ne- you need to, well, what these companies are doing right now is that telling customers that, well, listen, if you just use our products and platforms, then the, probably the the risk that you as a company or as a consumer are going to take, because you already use this approved and certified and hardened platform then the risk is going to be minimal, then we can insure you on something. Um, it's not, It's not. for me, it's not probably probably not cyber insurance uh, as, as per, per se, because it misses the other part of the equation, which is the user uh, and the policies, right? So you, you can't just deploy a new firewall and say that, yeah, I'm cyber insurance because I have a new firewall that's yeah. approved by Cisco. That's not going to cut. It's 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 not the same thing, right? You need to look at from end to end. You need to look at the people, at the processes, and then the technology. Yeah. What these um, companies are doing right now is trying to sort part of the technology. They're missing the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So it's not cyber insurance. It's just yeah. If you use our own firewall, the chances of you getting hacked is going to be I don't know ten percent or something like that. Yeah. But. They're not focusing on the people side, right? On the process, and can that that that's usually where the problem and the hacks happen. So, um, even, even that they can't really measure, right? <laughs> if they, they can't yeah. even go and say the chance of you getting hacked is ten percent because you know they have no way of measuring yeah. that. Um, yeah, I, I see it as a way like that. of of threat reduction. You know. You'll have these standardized devices that will make sure have certain security guarantees, uh, and it will allow you to more easily reach best security practices. You know, that's the way I, I would see it. I completely agree with you that it's all about risk reduction. In reality, you know, that's the entire insurance business. You know, sure, it's about paying when you something happens, uh, but for cyber insurance specifically, it's really about risk reduction, but not risk reduction against getting hacked. Risk reduction about your business having to close down after you get hacked, because you will always be hacked. Like, there's no way of stopping that. Uh, Unless you have robots working there. They lost $300 million (laughs) because they got hacked. Exactly. Uh, But it also comes to a point, okay, you have a Cisco uh, device, okay, uh, because of this uh, 
group now, clients will get a discount on their insurance. But just because you have a Cisco device doesn't mean that you're safe. Exactly. Because I can put a Cisco device, but if I don't set it up properly, following what the company needs, then there are no miracles. And we, we've seen that in several companies that me and Tiago have been talking to, that they follow, they say that they follow their policies and things are set up in a way, but in reality, after running tests and uh, different uh, pen tests and things like that, we can see that in reality, things are set up in a different way that what the policies say that they should be, because that becomes a human factor. Uh, yeah. of the process so nothing is perfect uh, companies need to realize that there are always risks they shouldn't assume that everything is like it's on the books uh, and for cyber insurance it doesn't it's not just about uh, okay you use Cisco you use Apple uh, you have some things written in paper uh, there needs to be uh, some uh, some helping in the environment so there has to be a part of the it's part of the insurer's responsibility uh, to Look at the company that they're insured. Like, are you doing the right? Are you doing the, the correct job? Are you following the best practices? Yes, some data that we have about you that we detected that it's not you. You should improve in this in this area, and the same way as the company. Okay, this is what we're working on, and they should be transparent to the insurer. So there has to be from both sides uh, to do this. It yeah. can't be just one side in the process. Like most insurers, like for example, a car insurer. You have a car, they will give you insurance. They don't care about you anymore. They, they hope that. You follow the, the rules, stuff like that. But summer insurance, it's a new world. This is, we're talking about devices that are connected 24-7. Hacking, a, hacking now a company, it's not about knowledge. Okay, big companies, big corporations, you still need to have a lot of knowledge. But most hacks that happen nowadays are scripty kids. And for example, a tool that came out uh, last week. Autosport. Uh, Autosport. That you just need to press a button and you can just exploit servers online. You don't need to know anything about it. Yep. So this is something that's more common can happen any, to any company. It's not targeting one company. If you're connected online, you will, you are exposed, something will happen to you. And I think this is the mentality that insurers need to have. It's not just about having a device in place, signing a piece of paper. It's about a cooperation between all entities involved in this process. And not, and not just that as well. One of the bigger problems I've seen as well when going to clients now is that people are actually in a way thinking cyber insurance replaces the need to have security because they're like, I'm cyber insured. If I get hacked, I'll get my payout, I'll be fine. And that shouldn't be the approach to this. That really shouldn't be. Um, on top of going back to Autosploit, um, Autosploit is, a, is an interesting case because it's, there's nothing actually new there, right? So it will look at Shodan, it will find servers that are exposed with you know vulnerable software, and it will try in a brute force way to get a shell. If, um, for starters, if, if the server is in that condition, uh, the insurance company should have a preliminary risk score or a scanning type of some sort. Uh, there are multiple companies doing this. We do this. You know, your security scorecards, your beat sites would warn you about this type of stuff. So if you're if you're an insurance company that's insuring these guys, you're actually in the wrong even before they are. The second thing is, um, I actually got interviewed for this for this autosploit thing, and one of the questions the the journalist asked me was, "Do you think it's wrong that this guy wrote autosploit?" And my answer was, no, I don't think it's wrong. Uh, I think it's as wrong as the people that are leaving their servers completely old, unpatched, exposed to the internet, participating in botnets and DOSing proper websites. So I don't think it's wrong. I actually think it's going to be 
turning on the awareness to 100 um, and we'll see actually some positive things come out of it. We'll still see a lot of negatives, of course, because, you, you know, Marco, in our scans, we find yeah. prisons, we found hospitals, we found factories, uh, all sorts of crazy things exposed to the Internet. And I really do hope from the bottom of my heart that nothing explodes, nothing critical happens. But at the same time as well, we, we needed, we, InfoSec, as an, in, as an industry, needed a wake-up call. And I actually think this is it. You know, part of it is it. And going back to cyber insurance, I am actually one of the people that believe insurers are going to be the ones guiding InfoSec uh, starting in two, three, four years. Uh, because everyone will follow their regulations. Everyone will follow the requirements they set through. Because cyber insurance is not going to be something optional anymore. It's something you're going to have to have both as a company and as an individual. There are already a few companies in the U.S. targeting um individual insurances for cyber and i think that's actually big business in the future because with cyber insurance is not a technical thing anymore it's a business yeah. matter it's a, well, it's a matter that the cfo understands because they can see the numbers and, and it's actually one of the problems I, i've seen a lot in in infosec is when infosec people try to talk to the board you know they go oh i've spent this i've spent that and you should actually say I bought a $3,000 or $10,000 firewall so I can try and mitigate a three, uh, I don't know, $100 million of risk. And there needs to be this correlation that the board actually understands, like, we're spending this because we're trying to mitigate this amount of risk. Uh, and that's something that doesn't happen often. Um, so moving moving on from cyber insurance, uh, Vitor, I, I read something last week that I wanted to get your input on because I didn't have a lot of time to really understand what is happening. So Amazon is going into health. Is it health insurance or what's happening there? Well, they said it's uh, health fulfillment, uh, meaning that um, they're going to take advantage of the whole operation that Amazon has worldwide when it comes to fulfillment centers. So you can have uh, probably your um, pharmacy prescriptions and stuff like that being delivered by Amazon. Probably. We still don't know. So it's going to be a partnership with Amazon and a couple of more investment um, companies Mm -hmm. just to make sure that they got this thing all uh, right and and properly done. And to be honest with you, I don't think that um, Amazon will actually create or go into the health market as either insurance or something else. I, I think that they see this as an opportunity to compete against, here in the UK, against Boots, against Superdrug, against those kind of things. And probably what's going to happen in the future is that they're going to want to connect to NHS or other mm-hmm. national health system, that they're going to take your prescription from the NHS, you're going to take your medical date out of it, they're going to store whatever drugs that they have for you or yeah. prescriptions, and then they're going to deliver that to your to your home, right? Instead of going to Boots, you're, gonna, you're actually going to get that from next day delivery, from Prime Amazon, your prescription, your daily prescription or your something. I see that as a problem with the current companies. If you look at the United States, people go to pharmacies to get their prescriptions. They need to go there, right? There, yeah. There's a reason. Yeah, um, I. It's more easy for Amazon to say, "Well, listen, instead of having brick and mortar stores for pharmacies and and, and pharmacists, we're just going to have that on our fulfillment centers, and actually, we're going to deliver that to people." Um, there's also a bit of mention. They mentioned that probably they're looking at um, health insurance in the United States. 
but that's not clear. Right now, the news is they're going to go into health fulfillment, which means they're going to start doing stuff like Boots and Superdrug is going to do. The most interesting thing is that when Amazon announced this, the market lost (laughs) a lot of money immediately, (laughs) which was really amazing. So looking at the whole health companies, they just dropped completely, all of them. So they, I think that the health health sector is quite scared of of what Amazon is going to do. If I run a pharmacy or something, I will I will be scared because um, I'm seeing Amazon as a huge competitor again because they have already the whole operation. They have nailed perfectly the 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 online market, the delivery, and all stuff that yeah. like, like that. They just need to make sure that actually they can go with. Um, uh, they can deliver prescriptions and they are certified and they are compliant with any local laws regarding yeah. health. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting in the next uh, in the next couple of days. Yeah. I would, yeah, I would days? say sorry, months months. or years. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would say yeah. Uh, if you whatever industry you are at the moment uh, that Amazon is not in, I think you should be scared that Amazon gets in your industry. That's because if Amazon goes to your industry, you will feel it quite quickly. Uh, I do think Amazon will go to insurance. Uh, what type of insurance? <laughs> I don't know, but I think they will go into insurance the next two, three years, uh, because they are growing into many markets, and it feels like the mar- there are rumors going on. So I do believe that that is where they're going to. I agree. Uh, what type I of agree. insurance? Like I said, I don't know, but they will go there. So we yeah. will see what other insurance other insurers will start to say about this. They have to optimize. Quickly, they can't spend three years trying to release a new product. They're when, not there. Though. If Amazon comes out, they're not there. Yeah, if because if Amazon comes in the insurance market, they will release insurance insurances much quicker in the third of the time that a, a traditional insurer can do. And much better. And, that, and much better. Yeah, exactly. The conditions much better. Uh, the service office offering much better. Just to one point, I would like to make here, Marco. I was actually sitting down um, at a mixer with a board of a bank and an insurance company. And I was telling them, you know, tech companies are the future and they're going to come and digitize your products and have their own version of insurance, their own version of the bank. And it's funny, these executives, they gave me both the same answer. Tech companies are too busy being tech companies to come for insurance or the banks. And when this news came out from Amazon, I was like, yeah. this is the start. Yeah, they, this is they, the, this the, is the start. You know, these guys have the deep pockets because, look, I I agree with these executives at a certain level. I don't think it can be a tiny startup that even if it gets 100 million from Silicon Valley, that is able to actually shake this industry, like, like bring them down. I don't think it has to be an Amazon. It has to be a Google. It has to be an Apple. And now these companies have done so much in tech. They're like, what else can we absorb? We've got war chests of money that are completely full. And what else can we take? And these industries are yeah, so want- slow, so shit, so outdated. They're just there for the picking with an app, with a good backend, with a good distribution like Amazon. They're just there. Yeah, if you want a good example, look at uh, Apple. They have $295 billion in the bank. That's more <laughs> than many banks out there. They have, I don't know, 300 or 400 million devices, and most of them support Apple Pay. Exactly. So if Apple would want to be a bank, it's quite easy for them at the moment to be a bank. They're back and away, and some yeah. licensing away from being able to do it. 
easily. Yeah, because most people that uh, okay, uh, maybe in Europe, uh, in London, or in some kind of some cities in the United States, some people don't use any more credit cards. They don't care about banks anymore. They just care like can I pay with Apple Pay. Yeah, those people would just drop their banks in a, in an instance if Apple would would do that. So well not. That's in my opinion. Of course, it's more relevant than current accounts. There's loans, there's investing, all of that. But Apple would be one of those companies that if they wanted to do, to really screw over banks, they would be able to do it. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree 100%. And I'm really, really happy to see Amazon, you know, moving into health. Google was already doing some stuff. They're actually, I know a team that's actually doing some stuff with NHS already. Uh, they got a lot, a lot of anonymized data and do some machine learning on it. They're already doing some stuff there. And I'm really happy to see Apple start to peak as well on insurance part. I can't wait for these companies to actually go in full on. And then... We're going to see panic mode from banks, from insurers. It's going to be interesting times. So we already mentioned Amazon. We mentioned Google. And we mentioned Apple. So where's Microsoft in the middle? Microsoft is doing clouds. And they're not doing it wrong. Uh, They're not doing it bad. They're just late. I think. I mean, I I use Azure. Uh, I like Azure. Uh, But would I, you know, not be able to live without it? Eh, I'd have Amazon. I'd have Google Cloud. Um, they do some things r- right. They're, they're just super late. They, they are just super late. I don't really see another way of describing it. So do you think Alibaba would be the, the real company that's going to steer up the market a little bit regarding, well, cloud? The... Uh, Alibaba has one good thing in their favor, in my opinion. Like, the entire Chinese market is theirs for the taking. Like, Chinese, if they can go with a Chinese company, they'll go. They don't give a shit about Amazon or Google or whatever. Alibaba has a cloud? Fuck it. Let's move to Alibaba cloud. Uh, So Alibaba always has interesting market to mess around with. It's like, you know, their own little bubble that they'll always have clients. So I I don't know if they can stir up the world, but they can do interesting stuff in their market. Uh, Vitor, you're the cloud guy and you're quiet, which is scary. So, (gasps) Um, Alibaba revenue was pretty much the same as uh, Amazon. So, uh, just as as has a hinge, right? Exactly. So, and they just have the 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 Chinese market. So, I don't know. I think that they're going to be huge, but they're not. They're never going to leave China. So they they pretty much own that, and that's going to be enough for them. Um, When it comes to Microsoft. I see Microsoft doing a lot of interesting things. And they're not going uh, for Amazon or for anything else. They are still competing with um, with Apple on devices, um, on the desktops. And Microsoft is pretty much enterprise, so period. And they have the operating system and they have the office and the pro- productivity. And I see that as a good um, approach for Microsoft. I see all of their tools. Microsoft is right now positioning itself as the tool of the future, right? Anything that you're going to build in the future is probably going to be with a Microsoft tool. Anything that you're going to work on is going to be with a Microsoft tool. So they're just selling you the hammers, right? Hammers and the nails. Whatever you're going to build with that, that depends on Amazon, that depends on Apple, that depends on other other stuff. So um, they have their own kind of perspectives and, and things. I think that looking at the market, global market, Alibaba is going to be um, probably huge and it's going to be a huge competitor against and Amazon, which right now owns a lot of stuff. That's going to be interesting. 
Great. I mean, look, guys, that's all I had for this week. Uh, I'm very, very happy to have both my co-hosts back. Uh, guys, thank you very much for doing the episode again this week. And to our listeners, please subscribe, share. Let us know if there are any topics you'd like to discuss. As usual, if you're a startup, want to promote your product, want to have some interesting questions asked about your product, come talk to us. Thank you very much, Cheers. guys. Cheers. Have a good one.